وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذروا ظاهر الاثم وباطنه وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن اعبد الناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله الكريم brothers and elders this complete and perfect deen that allah taala has blessed us with this deen caters for every need of our life whether it is pertaining to our deen obviously in terms of our ibadat then it has complete and perfect guidance for us and whether it pertains to our muamalat and muasharat and akhlaq they again this complete and perfect deen gives us complete detailed guidance on how to conduct our dealings our muamalat how to conduct ourselves in our social life in our interactions with people what should be our character so this is the complete deen that allah taala has given us and in the quran sharif allah taala says ya ayyuhal ladina amanu dkhulu fi silmi kaffa o you who believe enter into islam fully islam this is our deen inna ad-deena 'inda allah al-islam the deen that is acceptable in the sight of allah taala is only islam that's only deen acceptable person will not get salvation without iman person could have done anything in dunya could have been the most charitable person could have been a very very great uh, assistant to people helping people in their need could have been doing lot of humanitarian work whatever else he could have been doing Allah forbid if a person leaves this dunya without iman then we need to be very clear on that point that a person who leaves without iman then there's no salvation in akhirat then there's perpetual doom perpetual life in jahannam so our complete deen this deen that Allah Taala has blessed us Allah Taala says ادخلوا في السلم كافا انتو انتو ذس دين كومبليتلي انفورچونیٹلی وی افن ڈیپارٹمنٹلائز دین اینڈ سرٹن تھنگز دس از فائن فار می دس آئی ول ٹیک اینڈ سرٹن تھنگز دس ڈزنٹ سیم ٹو بی ٹرو فائن فار می سو اٹس فائن سو آئی ایم اسٹل دیر سم وے اینڈ دین آئی اسٹل ریگارڈ مائی سیلف ایز ویری گڈ بیکاز آئی ایم ڈوئنگ سرٹن تھنگز ویرز دین and a person is truly fulfilling what is the dictates of deen is when he is taken on the whole deen so this whole deen after a person has come into iman then the fundamentals are the most important thing in terms of the pillars of islam salah zakat fasting hajj mashallah when it comes to this point a very great part of the ummah is conscious of this some might be more conscious than others some might not be practicing on everything the way it should be practiced 
but they still are aware this is necessary, this is faruz, it is compulsory. Person not performing his salah, many a person not performing his salah, but he's conscious that I'm committing a major sin. I'm doing something seriously wrong. He acknowledges it. He understands it. And because there is this conscience, there is this uh, some kind of grief within also, that this is something I'm committing is a serious crime, it's a major sin. So therefore, there is great hope that inshallah he will start becoming conscious somewhere sooner or later and start performing his salah with some encouragement from somebody, whatever it is. But then there are certain things that are not even considered as that this is something necessary. Whereas, just as salah is farz, zakat is farz and compulsory on a person who has that nisab amount and one whole year is passed on it. And likewise, if a person has the means, hajj becomes farz on him, fasting is farz on him. Everybody understands this. Just as these things are farz, likewise, to inculcate the quality of tawazu and humility in oneself, that too is farz. Because without tawazu, there is no vacuum. If there isn't this humility, there will be the opposite. The opposite is the worst sin that was committed on earth, the kabbur. So now just as salah is farz, it is also farz to have this tawazu and humility in one. Just as fasting is farz, it is necessary to have qana'at in one, contentment. Because if there is going to be no contentment, the opposite will come. Greed, which is one of the three roots of sin. And in this manner there are many, many other things which are internal aspects. And just as this is on the positive side that he has to inculcate in his heart, yaqeen, inculcate taqwa, inculcate tawakkul, qana'at, and khashiyat, the fear of Allah wa ta'ala, and tawazu, humility, and all the various other noble qualities, the opposite also applies. That there are certain things which are apparent sins. Which everybody generally, every Muslim understands it to be a sin, and understands it to be a major sin, Unfortunately, many a person is caught up in some of these sins, but he also understands it's a sin. And because he understands it's a sin, there is that some guilt in the heart that what I'm doing is wrong. The person will say also, somebody will advise him, he'll say, make dua, or he'll say something, but he'll acknowledge what he's doing is wrong. Generally, this is the case. So somebody is involved in some gambling, intoxicants, somebody is committing zina, somebody is doing something else, these are all major sins, and generally everybody understands it to be a major sin. But just as these are major sins, they are major sins that are within a person. And therefore Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, That give up and forsake the external sins as well as the internal sins. Just as it is compulsory to give up gambling, Allah forbid if somebody is in it, or if he's not in it to nevertheless stay out of it, likewise it is compulsory to cleanse one's heart out of pride. Just as it is haram to be committing zina, 
it is also haram to be having many of the ailments of the heart. To have hasad and jealousy in the heart is haram. This is a major sin. Am nasa ala ma min fadli? There's an objection against Allah Ta'ala. So just as that is haram, this too is haram. And like this, there are many, many sins that lurk in the heart. They are not external. person can't see it. Nobody can see what is the next person's heart. But these things lurk inside the heart. And just as these external sins, one has to refrain from them, likewise these internal sins also have to be refrained from. Now, as far as the external sins are concerned, we generally understand that this is what is wrong. Somebody's advice, it's a simple matter to understand that advice and a very simple matter to undertake that advice. Somebody advises that a person, look, this is haram, stop drinking, stop gambling. Allah Ta'ala gave him tawfiq. All he has to do is stop it right there, finish. But as far as the internal sins are concerned, these are not so simple and straightforward that a person caught up in these things will just make a decision and they be done. A person just decided, I'm not going to gamble anymore, he stops going to that vice den, that's it, it's done. He's over with it. A person decides, I'm never going to commit, made sincere toba, cried, shed tears of repentance that he had committed the serious and major sin of zina, for example. He made this firm pledge with Allah Ta'ala and he made this toba. And he stopped, finished. He's not going back to such places. He's not going to have any such contacts again. He's not going to commit this crime in future. Once he made that toba, it's done. And he stopped doing it, it's done, over. So the external sins, a decision a person made, and he stopped it right there, it's done, it's over. But the internal sins are not so straightforward. A person decides from today, I'm not going to have pride. But does it mean the pride went away? A person decided that I'm not going to have any more hasad. Does it mean that that decision alone took the hasad away? No, this is a very, very different situation. And sometimes these sins are so subtle. They are so subtle that the person would even take a qasam that I am free of it, whereas it's there. And how it will be known? This is the issue of those who are experts in the field. They will tell a person, look, this, what you are doing and how you are going about this, this particular reaction of yours, all this is indicating this is what the underlying issue is. Sometimes it might be a little bit more evident, but this is an issue that we have to cleanse the inner side, our hearts, and the heart is king. If the heart is corrupted, if the heart is filled with all these maladies of the heart, then he's going to now keep surfacing on the outside from time to time. It's unlike other things that where a person now is involved in some external sin. So now he will plan, he'll decide, okay, tomorrow I'm going to go do this. Then tomorrow he will drive to the place and tomorrow he'll go do that. These internal maladies surface sometimes just on the spur of the moment. person doesn't even intend, but it just breaks forth. Now there's the malady of anger in a person. So now he doesn't decide tomorrow I'm going to lose my temper. Tomorrow I'm going to fly off the rails. Or tomorrow I'm going to lose it. He decides not to lose himself. But because that malady is in his heart, now somebody just said something. 
Somebody said something which now goes against his temperament. And that which is inside suddenly starts displaying itself through his tongue. Through all the vulgarity suddenly starts coming out. And how he's reacting and what he's doing. So now that what is there, it just takes sometimes a little bit of a provocation and the reality comes out. That pride which is lurking inside, in one moment suddenly, somebody said something, did something, now he says, you know who you're talking to. But that one sentence, what it says? That how dare you talk to me like that? Sure, nobody in front of me. I'm somebody. You're supposed to be respecting me. Now, that one sentence gave away this whole issue of what is lurking inside. But these sentences and these statements and these type of comments are very frequently on our tongues, but we don't realize what it is indicating within us. Where is it emanating from? Whereas if there is the reality of tawazu and humility, when the reality of tawazu is there, spontaneously, that will come out. That will be spontaneous. When there is a reality of adab and respect, spontaneously that will come. Hazrat Abbas he was the uncle of Rasulullah but there was just a year's difference in their age. Hazrat Abbas was one year older than Rasulullah Somebody one day asked that who is elder, you or Rasulullah Probably they didn't know, they just wanted to know the age because they both were so close in age, though they were uncle and nephew. So the spontaneous reply, Nabi Sallallahu is elder, I am one year older. Nabi Sallallahu is elder, because elder, the word elder, it shows somebody who is greater. In a way, elder, that's the context and that's the meaning that comes out of it also. I am not elder. Nabi Islam is elder. I am one year older. Or he said, I was born one year before him. That's how he said it. I was born one year before him. Now this was a spontaneous reply. Now we, mashallah, learn the reply. Somebody might ask us on some occasion. We too also might give the same reply. But that reply is after making door and sabak door and everything. <laughs> but that spontaneous reply, that spontaneous reply comes from what is inside the heart. A very great personality in Transvaal, in, in Lenasia, Johannesburg, as a Hafiz Abdul Rahman Miyasa, Rahmatullahi. People, nobody truly knows the number, but the estimate, some say perhaps maybe three, four thousand Hufas came past him. He uh, thought over three, four thousand Hufas. Allah knows best the true number. So, in any case, in Hazrat Shaki Master Sahib, Rahmatullahi, for the first time when he came to South Africa. So, when he was in Lenasia, they took him to meet his Hafizab as well. And on the way, somebody might have mentioned that, mashallah, he's teaching Quran Sharif for so many years. And many of our senior ulama of the time are all his students in terms of his. Hazrat Mawla Abdul Hamid Sahib, Dan Barakatuhum, principal of Dalum Azadbul, and Hazrat Mawla Shabir Saludi. Sometimes it's humility, sometimes a person is unnecessarily humiliating himself, disgracing himself. Now the person thinks he's adopting tawazu, meanwhile he's gone into the other extreme. 
Now, there's a very fine line between it. Now, this requires that a person needs the guidance of somebody to take him along. This is what is his whole branch, known as Tasawuf, known as Suluk, is all terminologies, without needing to go into all the details of these terminologies. The issue is that this is the path of working on this heart, making Islam and Tazkiyah of the inner qualities. And it doesn't happen just on some thinking, some desire, there's an effort. There's an effort, and this effort, unfortunately in the times that we are in, and this is from a long time actually, that people have made this word Tasawuf and given it such connotations that this is some kind of mysterious world and something where a person now has to aspire to try and achieve some karamats and start flying in the clouds and all these kind of ajeeb ajeeb things. Tasawuf has got nothing to do with all these things. The sum total of Tasawuf is that purely to attain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala that is the the starting point, that purely to attain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us, to rectify our a'male zahira and a'male batina. Rectify our external actions, our internal actions. Rectify our external selves, rectify the heart. And in this is all these qualities that we discussed about, what has to be inculcated within us, what has to be cleared out of our hearts, that taqwa that is to come into our hearts, to adopt that taqwa. And in that process is this mujahada. Now this is the sum total of it. To acquire it is that mujahada. What we discussed yesterday as well. That this mujahada is inevitable. But when a person will make this mujahada, after mujahada comes mushahada. When he makes the mujahada, he strives against his nafs. He tramples those desires then mushahada, then he sees the outcome of it in terms of the grace of Allah Ta'ala that then comes. And this is not something that is only confined to the akhirat. That the outcome of it will come only in akhirat. That is there. Allah Ta'ala out of his grace and mercy will grant it in akhirat. But Allah Ta'ala blesses even in dunya. Allah Ta'ala makes dunya also easy for the person. And Allah Ta'ala makes akhirat also for him. There was one incident, Hazrat Qari Siddiq Sahib Rahmatullah has mentioned in his kitab, that once in India, and that time until maybe 40-50 years ago also, there were very very few places where students could come and there was ample facilities, boarding facilities, etc. They want to study deen, they can come someplace and have all the arrangements there, nothing. They would come, they have to do their own things. So because it was so densely populated also, there used to be numerous masajid. So every masjid now would have one need for an imam, for a muazzin. So many of these people, these students would come to study in a madrasa. So they would look for such a place. If some masjid doesn't have any imam or muazzin, they would take that responsibility. In Together with that, they would be given the that room of the masjid to stay in. So they would stay in that room and they would fulfill this responsibility. The rest of the day they study. And they make their own arrangements for meals, whatever, whatever little they could. Really this is something, another whole discussion on its own, that in what manner and with what kind of mujahada and sacrifice, our Akabir acquired this ilm. And this is that nur that came in their ilm. 
there are so many incidents of this nature that they survived on picking up those leaves after the vegetable markets were done for the day. So all the scraps, scrap leaves of cabbages and whatever else that was thrown away for, to be discarded. Anybody can come pick it up, animals can eat it, whatever. They would pick up these leaves at the end of the day, wash it, boil it, and then that was the meal. That was they survived on. Day in and day out. Can you imagine? So nevertheless, this was one masjid now. This one person, student, he came to study in one madrasa, so this masjid was available, so now he's staying in that masjid, and he's studying during the day. One day, while he's busy in his work in the masjid now, he's busy studying, and it just happened that suddenly some communal rites broke out. Now when these communal rites take place, then it's just a wild situation and very dangerous. So suddenly these rites broke out outside on the streets. So out of the blue now, it's after Isha, it's for whatever reason, somehow, some girl was, happened to be just going from one point to the other, from crossing the road from one house to the next house or something at that moment. And suddenly this happened and she had to just flee for her life. So she saw this masjid there and she burst into this masjid to take refuge. Now there is this young person there. There's nobody else present. And now he gets a shock. What is happening here? So he tells her, look, please get away from here. You cannot be here. There's nobody else here and you cannot be here. She says, it's a matter of my life. I can't go outside. If I leave this place now, I'm putting my life in danger. So I, there's no way I can leave this masjid now. So now he's in a situation that there is no other place and there's no other person present here. So in any case, he sits in the one corner and he tells her, you sit in the far corner in the right at the back. And he continues the whole night studying his kitab. But at the same time, now he's got one candle there because that was the light source at that time. So that candle or lamp that is burning there, so that is right in front of him. Now she's sitting in the far corner behind him. And he's sitting right in the other corner and facing the wall. But every now and again, now she's observing that he's putting his finger in that lamp or candle, whatever it is, and then he's pulling it out. Now he's obviously getting burnt. So as soon as he's getting burnt, then he's pulling it out. Then he's continuing with his work, with his studying. After some time again, he's doing the same thing. In any case, the night passed like this. Finally now, it became clear that this whole commotion and these riots, everything have subsided, it's died down, people have gone. So now it was close to Fajr time. So he told her, look, please now, everything has quietened down, please move away immediately. So she said, fine, I'll go, but I will not leave until you tell me what you were doing the whole night, every now and again, putting your finger in that candle or in that lamp. So he replied to her and said that this is not got nothing to do with you. You please move out from here now. So she said, I'm not going till you don't explain what you did, why you did this. Now, this is sometimes many people's comment that when a woman becomes stubborn, then forget about it. It's longer, nothing else is going to work. Then you just got to give in. The one, this is some, don't look 
for the reference anyway, there's no reference. One person found one, or met one gin or something, it was locked up in one bottle, he opened the thing, he got free, so he got very happy, so he said, look, whatever you want now, some favor I can do for you in return. So now this person, he said, well, you sure you can, he said, well, whatever you want, so he said, okay, whatever I want, how I want it, just make my wife just accept everything and obey it. Of rather first, first he asked him what you want, so he said, look, I got to go to China every month. I was catching flights and all that, it's a long story. So just build one highway for me. He said, now be reasonable now on highway from here to China. So then he said, okay, then do this for me then. Just get my wife to accept everything I say, as I say it, whatever I say. So that Jin kept quiet and he said, after a while, he said, okay, that highway, how many lanes, two lanes or three lanes? <laughs> So some things won't, you won't win with. So any case, so she insisted that I'm not leaving until you don't tell me. On the one hand, he wants her to get away from there. Just now the Musallis will start coming. People won't understand. And this is unfortunately the case where there is a completely innocent situation like this situation. But somebody will have something to take out, out of it. And make some kind of story about it. And in this time and age, as they say before you know it, it's all gone viral. It's this virus of all this badgumani, all these suspicions and whatever else. So in any case, now when she insisted, so then he replied and said that, look, the reality is, that I'm a human being also, I'm a young person as well. And time and again, shaitan came and started whispering things in my mind too. So every time shaitan whispered something, that there's an opportunity here for you. So I first put my finger immediately in that flame. And obviously started burning me. So then I addressed myself, that if you can't tolerate and can't bear this flame of dunya, how are you going to bear the fire of akhirat? How are you going to bear the fire of jahannam? And every time that I addressed myself like this, that subsided, and then again shaitan came, and again I did the same. So this was a mujahada he was making. And this is not, this is what we discussed yesterday, this is that explanation of it. That mujahada, one is a thought about it. Just some wishful thinking sort of. One desire maybe. That desire is not good enough. That mujahada requires some action. That mujahada requires that we do what's in our capacity. Now this person didn't just think about, well, what can I do, I'm here now, and... Oh, he did what was in his capacity to protect himself, to save himself from haram. He put his, his finger in that flame, and now he addressed himself. He made himself feel something. He made his nafs feel that pain. And then he addressed himself, that if you can't tolerate this, how are you going to tolerate the fire of Jahannam? So in any case, finally she left and went away from there. When she went back, she was from a very, very wealthy family. So she got back home. Any case, she had been already proposed to somebody. But when she got back home, later that day she says to her parents that if I'm going to get married, the only person I will marry is that student in that masjid. So they became very concerned that what's going on here, she's already proposed to somebody. And what has been happening here? Is there something that we don't know about? Was there some problem carrying on here? So they inquired, what, how can you be knowing who this person is in that masjid? And so she explained the whole incident. And she said, this is a person with taqwa. 
This is a person with taqwa, he is concerned about not displeasing Allah Ta'ala. He wants to be loyal to Allah Ta'ala. If he is loyal to Allah Ta'ala in reality, he will be loyal to the servants of Allah Ta'ala also. If he is loyal to Allah Ta'ala, he will be loyal to his wife also. If he is loyal to Allah Ta'ala, he won't harm the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. Now this, when they heard this and they heard her insistence, they finally got her married to the person. Now he got, now she was from a very wealthy family, so that wealth came along also, and she was a pious person. So now all these arrangements of dunya got made, but this was the barkat of that taqwa. It might not always happen in such a dramatic manner, that you can put two and two together, this is the incident that happened, and this is the outcome of the incident in dunya. It won't always be so dramatic. It won't always be so straightforward. But, the barakat of the taqwa comes in dunya as well. This is the promise of Allah Ta'ala. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا The person who adopts the fear of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will give him a solution out of every problem and grant him risk from sources he cannot imagine. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ يُسْرًا person adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will ease all his matters. And there's so many other ayat that the person adopts taqwa, what will be the benefit of it? In dunya, akhirat is obvious that a person has been obedient to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy is unlimited. Allah Ta'ala won't deprive the person who has been obedient in dunya and deprive him of akhirat. That will never happen. But it won't be deprived, he won't be deprived in dunya also. Even in dunya, the barakat of that taqwa will come. So this is that path of suluk and tasawwuf and acquiring this taskiyah and islah of oneself that enables a person to see the path and to inculcate these qualities, inculcate this taqwa, inculcate this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, inculcate all the other qualities of khashiyat, of this tawazu and humility. So this is that entire branch of deen and this is not something that was invented later in that very well-known and famous hadith, hadith of Jibreel. Because Jibreel, wasalam, this was in the latter part of the life of Rasulullah wasalam, He one day came in human form, came right into the masjid. And because he came in such a manner, Nabi wasalam, at the end of that entire incident, he says that this is the time that when he came, I didn't even recognize that this was Jibreel Islam until he left. Only as he left, I realized it was him. Otherwise, in all that time, I thought this was some person, some stranger. So this is a very lengthy discussion and a very, very deep and very lengthy discussion. But in this Hadith Sharif, Jibreel Salatu Salam asked Nabi Salatu some questions. He asked him what is Iman. Nabi Salatu explained what is Iman. All the Aqaid. An tu'mina billah wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rasulihi wa al akhir so he explained all these beliefs believe in Allah Ta'ala believe in the angels of Allah Ta'ala the messengers, the books of Allah Ta'ala the day of judgment and in predestination and he asked about Islam what is Islam the Islam explained the amal of Islam in that included was salah, zakat, fasting, hajj but then the question went further after having asked what is Iman what is Islam so now, apparently it's all done. This is where we finish off. We have Iman, mashallah. 
And we have Islam in the sense that the amal of Islam are there. If somebody is performing his salah, he's fasting as well, he's giving his zakat, he's performed his hajj. And alhamdulillah, he's carrying on with these amal, so he feels, I'm done now. But the Christians didn't finish off there. There was a third question. That what is ihsan? Akhbirni anil ihsan. What is ihsan? So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied, that you worship Allah Ta'ala in such a way, now the worship is already there, he's already making salah, he's already fasting, he's already making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he's already doing many things, he's giving charity already, he is involved in his amal, mashallah. But now the soul has to come in that amal. The structure of the amal is there. But the soul of that amal, that you worship Allah Ta'ala in such a way as if you are conscious that you are seeing Allah Ta'ala. But now the question would immediately come, but how is this possible? A person has never seen Allah Ta'ala and he cannot see Allah Ta'ala in dunya. The Jannatis will be blessed with the vision of Allah Ta'ala in Jannat. But in dunya this is impossible for anybody to acquire this. So how will this happen? So How can I even imagine this? So the reply to that is, فَإِلَّمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ That doesn't matter if it's not possible for you to bring this to your heart and mind, because that is not the real issue. The real issue is that even though you cannot see Allah Ta'ala, Allah is watching you. That consciousness you need to develop, that Allah is watching. So now in your salah, that soul and ruh of salah must come in with this consciousness. That I am in the court of Allah Ta'ala. I am performing the salah in front of Allah Ta'ala. Every word I'm reciting, I'm reciting to Allah Ta'ala. Where am I? Wherever I'm going to, whatever I'm doing, Allah is watching. Allah is aware. So he didn't finish off on Iman and Islam. Iman, Islam, Ihsan was necessary. This Ihsan is part of this. This is what the suluk, the sawuf is, is all about. Inculcating this Ihsan. There was a great, one very learned scholar in India, but he was not very much inclined to this whole branch of the sawuf and he had some objections so one day he came to the Sheikh al-Hadith and he came and he said look I'm in a very big hurry I got a question to ask you I'll ask the question now you keep thinking about it I'm going to be returning after a while after some days when I return then I will come and ask you the answer and the question he asked that ye tasawuf kya bala hai now he put it in this way what bala is? Bala is in Urdu calamity, some problem, some difficulty. So what is this, what is the sabuf all about? Now he thought now this is going to require a very, very lengthy discussion. And then now in the discussion there will be things said which he will object against. And then there will be an answer to that. And then he will object on the answer. So he was already thinking of this very long story. So Sheikh Ali instantly replied on the spot. He said there is no need for you to come back for the answer. Take it and go now. This tasawuf commences with innamal a'malu bin niyat. It commences with tasheeh niyat. That a person develops ikhlas. That everything he does for Allah Ta'ala alone. And its end point is anta abudallaha ka anna katara. Fa illam takun tarahu fa innahu yara. And its end point, meaning its destination, is acquiring ihsan. It starts off with ikhlas, developing ikhlas, and this progresses until it comes to the point of developing ihsan. And then there's no limit in the ranks of ihsan. So when this person heard this, he got stunned. 
And then he went on his journey and came back also. And he said, throughout the journey I thought and thought and thought, but there was not a single thing I could raise on this answer that you gave. That this summed up everything. And this is a clear cut thing, that this is all from Quran and Sunnah. So this is the need that we need to take that step forward. Many a times, a person starts, shaitan makes us procrastinate on what note. Sometimes, well, I've done so many things, let me first sort my life out. So then if it's already got sorted out, then there was no need to take a step forward then. It's already done then. If you could already have sorted it out a long time, there was a need. You already sorted out. Now this is to help a person sort his life out. So sometimes shaitan brings the past. And sometimes, but what, what again if this, if I slip up again? So now sometimes the future, shaitan brings that fear of the future. So this becomes a way in which shaitan keeps a person procrastinating. The past, the past we make toba and get done with the past. Cry tears of repentance, beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, make sincere toba and get done with the past. Don't live in the past. You can't take the clock backwards. So Allah Ta'ala has kept this toba available for us, that this one bit of toba will blow up a whole mountain of sin. But the toba has to be sincere. So in any case, and this is really the first step of the sawuf takmila toba. That a person makes sincere toba. In the bi'at, the wording is all of Tawbah. So in any case, this is the thing that shaitan does, puts a person in the fear of the, of the, the situation of the past, or the fear of the future. This too is shaitan's trap. A person must worry about sorting himself out for the present. If he sorts himself out for the present, that present is what is going to become the future. Every future moment will become present. So if he is concerned about what the present moment is, keeping himself doing what he's supposed to do and staying away from sin, worrying about the present moment, the future will take care of itself. The past, we make toba for it and make dua for the future. But we worry about the present. So this is that step that we need to take to rectify our hearts to and wherever our munasabat is, wherever a person finds his compatibility. Everybody's compatibility won't be in the same place. So where the person's compatibility is, that is where he'll get his benefits. So he needs to check carefully where's his compatibility. And then he needs to take that step forward and take the guidance. And this is not something that is just, by the way, something that is just casually done. It is something to be done in a committed manner. Something to be done with that concern, like a person has some physical ailment. So he's concerned, he's consulting the doctor. The doctor, then he wants to see the specialist. And then he's reading up some things about it also and trying some things on the side, some herbal things and whatnot. All these things because this physical ailment must be treated. The spiritual ailments are far more severe in terms of the consequences than all the physical ailments. Because the physical ailments, at the end of the day, it will finish off with dunya. The worst that can happen in terms of the physical ailments is that life comes to an end that will all finish off too. That's the end of those physical ailments too. But the spiritual ailments, the spiritual life will carry on. And then a person will live, continue in the akhirat. So those spiritual ailments, the effects of that will carry on in akhirat, Allah ta'ala forbid. So therefore this is something we need to take that concern and make the effort to rectify it. Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq. 
واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل لا اله الا الله 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 لا اله ഇല്ലാഹ <laughs> ഇല്ലാഹ <laughs> ഇല്ലാഹ <laughs> ഇല്ലാഹ <laughs> <laughs> 
سبحان الله وبحمده عدد خلقه ورضا نفسه وزنة عرشه ومداد كلماته جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحب الراحمين يا أرحب الراحمين يا أرحب الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly يا الله إله العالمين we are desperately in need of your forgiveness يا الله إله العالمين if we have to complete this month of Ramadan يا الله and if our forgiveness didn't come, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, according to the dua of Jibreel Salatu Wasalam and the Ameen of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah, there is nothing left for our destruction than Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, that curse will fall upon us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you protect us from that, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. You are most forgiving, Ya Allah. Allahumma innaka afoon, tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anna, Ya Kareem. Allahumma innaka afoon, تحب العفو فاعف عنا يا كريم اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا يا كريم إله العالمين شو يا مغفرة بونس يا الله forgive our families يا الله forgive our friends and relatives يا الله forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم يلا remove the suffering and pain of the ummah يا الله شو يا رحمة الأمم يا الله إله العالمين يا الله all those with any kind of suffering and hardship يا الله remove the darkness يا الله إله العالمين يا الله blow the winds of hidayah يا الله يلا grant us and the entire ummah hidayah يا الله إله العالمين grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of coming on all أعمال يا الله save us and the entire ummah from all the evils يا الله save us from all the vices يا الله Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from all the pride, the malice, the jealousy, the arrogance, Ya Allah. Remove it from the love of dunya, Ya Allah. 
purify it from the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of living his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Grant us the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from all the deviations, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of Ya Allah, all the enemies of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, once this Mubarak month is over, Ya Allah. Nafs and shaitan are going to attack us again, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, we are desperately in need of your protection, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us from every direction, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah, you save us and protect us, Ya Allah. You protect our hearts, Ya Allah. Protect our mind, Ya Allah. Protect our thoughts, Ya Allah. Protect our limbs, Ya Allah. Protect our eyes, Ya Allah. Protect our ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Protect our hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we need your protection, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna qulubana wa nawasiyana wa jawarihana biyadik lam tumalikna minha shi'a fa idha fa'alta dhalika bina fakun anta waliyana wahdina ila sawa'i sabil wahdina ila sawa'i sabil wahdina ila sawa'i sabil ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Give us a topic of performing our five times salah with jama'a, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, in your house, Ya Allah, we are making this firm pact, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah, we are making this pledge with ourselves, Ya Allah. That we will make every effort to perform every salah with jama'a and takbir ula, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, you bless us with this tawfiq, Ya Allah. Allah, you bless us with this tawfiq, Ya Allah. Put the importance of salah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, put the concern of salah in our lives, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, give us the reality of salah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform such a salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make zikr daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to talk to you in dua daily, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept us for the khidmat of your Mubarak deen, Ya Allah. Accept us and our progeny till qiyamah for the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, that has been done, all the amal that have been done, Ya Allah. Out of your grace, accept it, Ya Allah. Nothing is worthy of presenting to you, Ya Allah. But out of your mercy and grace, accept it, Ya Allah. Accept the tarawi salah, Ya Allah. Accept each one's fast, Ya Allah. Accept all the amal that we done, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all the shortcomings, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those are sick of them, shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, remove all of our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Remove our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Grant us complete afiyat, Ya Allah. Remove each one's pain and suffering, Ya Allah. Remove each one's problems and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, remove all the worries, the tension, the depression, the anxieties, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, fill the hearts with sukoon and itminan, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, at the time of our death, take us with iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Take us in tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make that the best moment of our life, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, make our covers gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, each one that is present, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. All those who ask us to make dua for them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you don't know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. 
Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save each one from all the calamities and hardships, Ya Allah. Don't put us through any trials and tests, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are too weak, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't put us through trials and tests, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, with afiyat, take us through, Ya Allah. Give, give, give us complete afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Give us complete afiyat in our dunya also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant us barakat, Ya Allah. Grant us barakat in our risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, open the doors of halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Grant abundant barakat in that risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Save us from what is doubtful also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whoever is, whatever needs they have, Ya Allah, each one fulfill all our needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the greatest need we have, Ya Allah, that you become ours and we become yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us this nisbet and ihsan, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your consciousness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forever let us be conscious that you are watching, Ya Allah. You are aware, Ya Allah. We are never alone, Ya Allah. We are aware of everything that crosses our hearts and minds, Ya Allah. You know the deception of our eyes, Ya Allah. You know what our hearts conceal, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us this nisbet and ihsan, Ya Allah. Grant us the nisbet of the awliya'i muttaqeen, Ya Allah. The awliya'i siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah begged for, Ya Allah, grant us that good as well, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-alayhi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ahli wa sahabi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillah